0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Alien frequencies Open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Picard. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and it's true, only the supple skin of children has the right sink and bounce for your apocalypse drum. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host, she's also the co-host of the Generations Geek Podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom, it's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Good to have you here. Um, We are also going to be joined by uh, my co-host on backtracking, Gooey Fame, but he was unable to join us tonight, but I did want to shout out Backtrekking, which is a, if I do say so myself, great Star Trek podcast, uh, which you can find at at Backtrekking, T-R-E-K-K-I-N-G on Twitter. Uh, Otherwise, it's just us. And really, this is the way it's always meant to be, isn't it?
0: Yes. (laughs) We keep coming back here.
1: It could be no other way than this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll get into talking about the Picard episode in just a little bit. Um, uh, Permission to go full whiny bitch on this one.
0: I mean, uh, were you going to do anything else?
1: Oh, please. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, look, you know, uh, you put something out in the world. It's art. Uh, you, You back it up. Uh, you you put your heart and soul into it, and then you you say, what do you think? And uh, I'll be saying what I think. Kind of looking at the show as a, or the season of Picard as a whole, this first season here. Um, Before we start talking about the episode itself, uh, did you want to talk about, kind of now that you've seen the whole thing, how you feel about the structure of the first season of Star Trek Picard?
0: Um... I wish they had been given uh, either more episodes or more time. It Uh seems like they struggled, like, with the character and plot development over just these ten. I think that's my biggest, my biggest critique. Like, if they had only, I was thinking about this this episode because I was, like, um, thinking about, like like something like Voyager where you have many more episodes and then you get episodes that are dedicated to each character, like whether it's their backstory or like a specific problem they're solving that episode. And I wish that um, they'd had the opportunity to do that with Picard because hmm. I feel like um, we'd all be, we'd be much more like attached. And I think that um, we'd... <laughs> understand what was going on maybe a little bit better <laughs> lots of lines are very fast this episode
1: yeah and that's i think that's an interesting point and i think that knowing what we know and, and the way it kind of wraps up it's clear that they want uh you know a, a crew they want sort of a basic it's like show pitch basically how'd you like to see picard and yeah. you know his ragtag crew going through the cosmos and so we've i guess we've got to get everybody in place by the end of the show, so that can happen, but probably too many characters. I think the problem that you're describing could be solved by just having less people that we need to to meet and develop and give backstories to and learn about and interact with. You know, if you just cut some of these people, and I wouldn't want to see that. I mean, I like all the, all the characters for the most part, but maybe bringing some of them in season two or, or, or meeting them once and hmm, we'll see mm. that guy again. And then, you know, just having them show up in season two or something might have been... The way to go, but when you've got so many people in only ten episodes and a you know universe wide apocalypse uh, plot in in the wings, um, yeah, it's it's short shrift for everybody.
0: Yeah, there were a lot the the um, there were a couple of scenes this episode where I was like, "Who are all these people? Where am I? Get out of the way!" Like I was really, I was like, "I don't know what's going on anymore."
1: Yeah. Or having a character, a really interesting character like Commodore O be reduced to just, we'll destroy them all. Just the, you know, supervillain uh, basic Um Well, anyway, we're already talking about it, so I guess let's just get into it. Uh, We've just seen the 10th and final episode of the first season of Star Trek Picard, an episode called Et in Arcadia Ego Part 2, and we're here to talk all about it. But as always, uh, a warning. We're setting course for the Spoiler Zone listeners, so be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode... Spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Et in Arcadia Ego Part 2 is Picard and his team are pitted against the Romulans and the synthetics of Capellius in a final confrontation. The teleplay is by Michael Chabon, showrunner and producer for the show. The story is by Michael Chabon and Akiva Goldsman, and it was directed by Akiva Goldsman. And of course, as always, it takes place in 2399. Uh, There aren't any real interesting facts? I guess I could just repeat the fact from last week that uh, this is one of uh, 11 Star Trek episodes that has a Latin name. Of course, it shares its title with the last episode, so I'm not sure if that counts, but it makes sense because I guess they're twins in a way. Um, and that's about it. Uh, go, go. The, the gun's going off. Let's begin. What'd you think of At In Arcadia Ego Part 2?
0: Um, I'm... I'm I'm crying in the club. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs>
0: uh huh. <laughs> um, that was a like a ride for a lot of a lot of different reasons. Yeah, like too many reasons. Um, and uh, Kirsten Bayer knew what this would do to me, and she let it happen anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I feel like, again, my main, if you want to call it a critique, is that I feel like they they needed more time before this episode. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're, they must have a plan for what's going to happen next season, but, um, it seemed to resolve itself very fast. And yeah, I don't feel like I know, I want to know the characters, like, better
1: yeah i i you know we we've, we've talked before in the past about um star trek two parters and how they all you know the first one and this is true of a lot of uh two part tv show uh stories but the first one seems like a lot of padding and then the second one is where we really get into it and almost conversely it now that we've seen both of them the first one feels like a lot of the setup and conflict and the second one is just things are just happening we're just getting quick resolutions to um to a lot of the problems that we set up in the previous episode and in the series, and they're getting satisfied. I think in, in my opinion, uh, unsatisfying uh, ways. In ways that don't really change um the status quo of the world. I just realized. I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I just realized that. Uh, all the all the androids, all the synths have names that are similar to Data and Lore in that they communicate information. So you've got like Rune Codex Arcana Saga. Uh, <laughs> they are all like also book names. Like I don't know when we're gonna get tar- cartouche and Tijuana Bible, but maybe they just didn't uh, show up on screen. But so uh, that kind of level of—I like that attention to detail, but also it's like, geez, come on, geez, come on. I mean, like that's that's just so by rote. It's just like oh uh, well, data and lore. Like B four, I don't love B four, but I guess I get where they're going with it. But this, it's like, get this, get the thesaurus. We got to come up with, like, names for, you know, books or objects that carry information. Um, anyway, that's just a random <laughs> complaint. Uh, in this episode, uh, we immediately pick up uh, from where the last episode left off. Uh, Narek is uh, running, running, running to reach the artifact. And he <laughs> does reach it. Uh, the XBs are just kind of hanging out. It's like, guys, we've got... Universal Armageddon happening. Does anybody want to help out? No. Okay. Uh, and he meets up with Larissa, who is there. And I don't know if we're, if we are, are, do we know how she got there?
0: She was already, wasn't she on the, she was on the cube the whole time.
1: Well, she was on the cube. She got assaulted by like 50 XBs and mm-hmm. it seemed to possibly transport away um, presumably onto somebody else's ship, but instead um, she just shows up here. So I don't know. But anyway, she's uh, she's got her thing set up. She's not out. She's down, but not out. We're going to figure this thing out. Um, we head back to the, uh, um, I don't know, synth town? I don't know what you call it, but. Synthville? Synthville. There you go. <laughs> uh, with Picard is playing with a butterfly. Keep an eye on that. That's coming back. Uh, and Soji has gone full Kool-Aid now. She's, you know, her her line is that since have never been given a, ch- a choice uh, or a chance by or- uh, organics. And so that's the situation that you find yourself in, old man. Uh, back in the artifact, Narek says, look, I got these grenades. I'm going to blow up these flower ships. Uh, we're going to get that old uh, Sebshineb, no problem. He leaves to do that. and We see Elnor follow him. So Elnor is going to get to do something. Maybe. Maybe. <coughs> we'll see. Uh on La Serena, Raffi and Rios are screwing around, they have to fix the ship, and they're gonna use the fixy thing, uh, which the ocarina of time, which you have to think happy thoughts, and it'll fix your ship. Um, th- this thing had a, some kind of name and I didn't get what the name was. It was um technical sounding name.
0: I don't uh, just they said it and she was like it fix thing it, it fixes things, and then I was just like, Sonic screwdriver got it, and now yep, Sonic I just I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't right. know what the name of it was.
1: Exactly. Uh, we go back to uh, Jurati and she's meeting with Dr. Soong. We're talking about this whole consciousness transfer thing. And I think we get the idea that I thought that they were going to put her to work like immediately. Like we have to do something to prepare for the overlords to arrive or something. But she's just kind of wandering around the compound and uh, getting into trouble. Uh, back in La Serena uh, Narek, Narek shows up. He's throwing rocks at the ship. Uh, he's like, let's work together. What do you think about his... His face turn.
0: He's, um, I uh, a lot of things happened this episode where (laughs) I was just like, that might that sure that might it like I mean full stop, but I'm like that might as well be happening right now. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, okay, yeah, (laughs) like I don't, (laughs) like I kind of thought he was gonna come around. Some have just because of his whole thing with Soji where he was like, but I love her. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was clearly he had conflict before this.
1: Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, he's a Romulan not to, um, you know, just uh, define the entire species, but they like secrecy and treachery and whatnot. And so I thought it was interesting that he could make this really desperate kind of plea to his sister of, you know, look at what we've come through and who would have thought we'd be here. Look at us. You know, I'm going I'm to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this thing. And then immediately he gets to La Serena. And he's like, we got to stop this thing right away. Let me help you guys out. Um, I didn't know if it was totally motivated outside of what you were saying about, you know, he's, he loves her. Uh, they try to call JL. Uh, it's not working. Narek says they're building this transmitter thing that's going to call in the Reapers. And that's what we've got. Uh, and then again, Elnor shows up like, hold up a minute. Uh, I'm going to cut your head off. And, of course, he can't, so I just, once again, I think we put Elnor in a situation where he can't affect, like, the plot at all. Um, yeah. I wish that he, and <laughs> spoilers spoilers for the end of just me taking us through the episode here, Narek just ghosts, like, he is, we don't even see him heft his rucksack and look over his shoulder and be like, <laughs> another day. Like, he is out of the episode.
0: I rescue goodbye.
1: And, yeah, and while everybody else is, you know, while the scene transition moth is taking us from vignette to vignette, that'd be fine. But, like, what if Narek is like, we did it. You know, I saved the universe. It was worth it. no El- Elnor's like, I'm glad you feel that way. Head off. Like, that he, That way he gets to, like, fulfill his thing. Um, but we don't get something like that. I'm tired of improving this, this stuff. So, uh, he has to anyway. He back
0: in, like, the fridge where they keep, like, Ethan Peck and, like, Sherlock-era <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. <Yeah. laughs> so, you know yeah.
1: what I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see him again. Uh storage unit in LA. Yeah, back in back in deep deep storage. Uh back in <laughs> back in Synth Town, uh Synthville, uh Soong is transferring Saga's memory, he says. Um again, we still don't really understand how these robots work. Uh Agnes is doing something to Saga's face. Uh we'll get a payoff on that a little later. Back on Lessarania, Eleanor is like, uh yeah, I don't like you. They're sitting around a campfire. And he's like, Yeah, would you like Gamadan the Romulan uh, Ragnarok he tells it the story of the end and the two twin demons that are going to come out and and do this and that and again I know that this entire season has kind of been about the Romulans or a subsect of them who are essentially like religious weirdos like they have this there's this prophecy this idea um, this religious text which has a technological basis because they're getting it you know from this this uh, mind meld the 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 uh ab, 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 admonition um mm-hmm. and i just thought it was interesting because we deal with religion so infrequently in star trek that the idea that this group of people who have warp drives and phasers and all this stuff are like no no like this the book of revelation is totally real and you gotta watch out for it like i thought that there would be we could have we explored that more i thought there was there was richer earth there to tell Cause everybody else yeah, is looking at him like, weird. okay, dude, that, that sounds scary. But I mean, do you believe in the, do, do you believe in magic?
0: <laughs> it, um, it reminded me of like, uh, like I wasn't raised religious. And so then I, when I took, I took this religion course, uh, at a, at a university when I was still in high school and it was like religion 101 and it was just like reading the Bible and being like, he, what happened? <laughs> like, you're like, it's what? <laughs> like, this is, the, you're like a, a skin drum? like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. So yeah. I like, listening to
0: him talking, I was like, bruh, you're looking at, like, sentient robots. What's, uh, you're talking about a horn? You're talking about, like, yeah. it's. Like Norse mythology what's
1: happening? Yeah, yeah. D- I, you know, like uh, Pike talks about that his dad was like a um, a professor in a, in comparative religion, and but mm-hmm. these people live in a world of appearing and disappearing things and subspace ghosts, and like their world is crazy. So, just having something like you know Jahalagul and the Thousand Days of Pain, like is, is that any weirder than the things that they see every day? Um, I don't know. Someday. Maybe with a future series, Trek will maybe try to tackle that because I would really like to see that. Um, then we get a scene that really just boils down how they've sold out. Oh, we just quickly cut to O's <laughs> flagship in the Armada, and she's like, Our great work is nearly at an end. And that's, that's her entire Those contribution. Shots to, we're yeah. like
0: fast, her dude. Just being I would, was... I feel like they must have cut something like. Something from this, I don't know, some of the scenes I was like, that seems like you had to, like, cut around something. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially her scenes,
0: like, they were, like, fast. Like, they cut from her fast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And having her be, you know, fascinatingly, have her be half Vulcan, half Romulan Uh, If she doesn't show emotion or she doesn't really do anything with the lines, uh, you can just say, well, she doesn't have emotions. But what would that be like? Like, would she show emotions? How would she kind of comport herself now that she doesn't have to pretend to be uh, Commodore O anymore? Um, You're not going to get that in this episode. Uh, Back on the planet of they were called, you know, it it was it's supposed to be whatever it's capellius but then they were calling it like uh Gooly four or whatever i don't know <laughs> um we do another star uh, star wars by saying uh, how are we going to get back into synthville we're going to do the old fake prisoner situation so we bring narek in um and i think it's cool that the synths are like you know we're going to just wipe out all organic life in about 45 minutes but yeah come on come on in guys get a hot dog <laughs> or something just chill until you're all dead uh and uh <laughs> rios has a uh molecular solvent or or something that's they wanted to use the solvent to take the tower out this transmitter and he's got a soccer ball which um is gonna it's gonna have something to do with that there's there's grenades there's solvent there's something yeah
0: i thought the grenade was in the soccer ball yeah
1: something like that uh anyway i um,
0: i was i was, I was like full send on that i was like waiting i was like kick it i was waiting oh, for yeah, like yeah, the yeah. gold shot i was like the you're gonna
1: kick yeah
0: <laughs> you're gonna work up to this and then he's not oh. gonna like toss the ball in the air and then jump and just yeah. kick it and like yeah. bullseye like right in the forehead are you kidding yeah <laughs> just like bonk, dude, that's
1: what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, that doesn't happen. Uh we find out that uh Dr. Gerardi was ripping out that poor woman's eye because she's going to do a demolition man and get into Picard's prison cell. Uh she's busted him out.
0: Now we know they're they're that they're they're wet on the inside. They're squishy.
1: They're some kind of wet. Yeah. <laughs> um we know that uh we also know that they can uh get their asses handed to them by um, sexy dr Kung fu uh but we'll get to that in a little bit um they they immediately get to la serena. It's not even a problem uh speaking about things that are sort of cut out uh in the meantime uh soon Alton soon sees that uh so he sees the the younglings video he sees that uh sutra has killed uh saga. Uh, knows what everybody in the universe already knows. That Sutra is a bad guy. He uh, burned on... down
0: the temple.
1: What? <laughs> <Like>
0: Kylo Ren. <laughs> They're oh. like, he burned down the temple.
1: Yeah, right, right. They're yeah, like... yeah. Uh, yes, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, on Las Serena Picard and Jurati are no. set they're they're figuring out that they need to stall until the fleet gets here. I love the fact that, I mean, I guess you can give it to Picard. He's been living Star Trek for his entire life. He knows that the Federation will swoop in at the last second, even though he's nobody's told him that. They haven't even told him, like, oh, boy, I hope we can get there in time. We've got your message, but, you know, you're a long ways away. Like, it's just, they just get there. I thought nobody knew where this planet was. Doesn't matter. Um, and so... Picard, uh, in a Picard speech, says that, you know, fear is a bad teacher. We need to teach these synths that we're not all bad, um, not all organics. And so we're going to take off uh, to stop the Romulans somehow. Uh, back in Synthville, we're having the synth family meeting. Um, and Sutra's basically just like, okay, everybody, get ready. Uh, we're going to kill all the humans. Uh, it's be pretty cool. Um, Soom pulls her aside and says that he knows what she did. And he just shuts her down. Like a character that were basically setting up, it seemed like they were setting up to be the big bad, or at least could be a character study in Soji and Dodge. were just girls who were just trying to make their way. They didn't have any like good switch or bad switch. Sutra is the, it's like this weird, I heard like a theory online that like, what if Sutra is, you know, sort of a, if not a direct ancestor, kind of a... Uh, uh, symbolic ancestor to lore like what if she is the treacherous type of Soong android like what would that look like zap she's she's down
0: which I was like I was like we're talking about like their rights to live and you have like a button that just shuts them down you have a kill switch just like in your pocket I was like I mean if I were if I was an old man on a planet full of androids I maybe would want that but also he's like these are my children
1: (laughs) yeah just in case you don't get grandfathered into this whole uh, organic thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Okay. Well, I can rough. see it. Uh, Rafi gives the signal, uh, telling Dr. Sexy Kung Fu Man and Elnor to go ham on a bunch of androids who are super fast and super strong. Um, I don't really know how that works, but they do okay. Uh, La Serena is in orbit, uh, trying to stop the Romulans trying to think of what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, Back in Synthville, uh, uh, Rios throws a grenade or something, or he launches one of these grenade things, and Soji just catches it and then throws it. And so I guess, theoretically, she could catch nine more grenades if she had to while she's doing her little hollow Jenga thing. So um, that's not going to—they don't have any way to stop them, or at least they just stop trying to stop them. Um, On the artifact—oh, on the artifact, uh, Seven just finds Rizzo. Oh, here's Rizzo. Uh, and they get into a fight, and I thought it was cool that Rizzo uh, called her a half meat, which is like, lost. yeah, you gross Savage. person, you have to die, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the uh, in orbit, uh, the Armada has arrived, and things look bad. The flowers are sent out to stop them, but as predicted, it's not gonna not gonna stop all of them, just some. Uh, back on the artifact, we're having a, a knockdown out fight between Rizzo and Seven, and I like the fact that Rizzo is kind of um, uh, psyching Seven out. You know, she's trying to play a psychological warfare uh, as she's kind of getting her ass handed to her. Uh, And she does. Seven just throws her off a thing, again, Star Wars style, and tells her that it's for Hugh. And boy, it would be a real shame if we never saw Larissa Rizzo again.
0: You think she's coming back?
1: Well, she beamed out before. Um, We didn't hear a splat. So if she's got a parachute no. or something... Didn't hear um,
0: didn't hear the phaser hit, though, either. Could just be deep. Tall. Yeah.
1: Or maybe she gets hurt, and they use Reborg technology to bring her back, and now she hates herself and everyone else for uh, being a half-meat. I don't know. They've never taken my ideas before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we go uh, back to uh, Synth Town. Excuse me. We go back to Synth Town. Uh, Picard is doing his best in orbit. Um... This is where my notes kind of fall apart uh because I know that he calls soji and asks her to turn the be- beacon off, and she's not really um, she's not really going for it and Gerardi is starts to talk about the Picard maneuver, and this is where I start to get start to get scared um she starts to figure out that I guess they can use the sonic screwdriver to create many copies of the ship um like a you know mirror image type situation uh which is <laughs> You know what? It slows the fleet down for 30 seconds, which is all they needed because then... they should have
0: um, done it like TOS style, like just like one gigantic image of her face, just like <laughs> right in front of O's ship. And she's like, hi. And O's like, what is right, going yeah, on? Yeah,
1: you were supposed to project ships. It's just like a bunch <laughs> of Gerardi faces They're like, what is this? Uh, or just more flowers. I don't know. Uh, I wrote dumb, dumb. This is dumb, but I'm not even sure if that was about that. Um, the beacon fires, and it more than uh, being like a um, a telecommunications or a signal beacon, it's actually opening uh, a portal. They love their portals in CBS Trek uh, so far. And so it's opening this portal. Uh, that seems really bad. Um, the real Starfleet fleet shows up, uh, all made up of the same ship design, which I thought was a little um, disappointing. And, of course, we get what a lot of people thought was going to happen. Uh, Riker is there in command of the fleet. Uh, on the uh, USS Zheng he. Uh and he says that uh, this planet's under our protection, under the Treaty of Algernon. So get out of here. And this is the part where you think that the Romulans are going to back down, but instead she's like, "Oh no, let's fight. Let's do this. We're gonna we're gonna fight." So now we have a situation where the Romulans are, and the humans are going to destroy each other. Um, the cyber worms from hell are going to destroy everybody. It's good times. Um, at this point, Picard is having trouble. He looks like he is not doing well uh, from a health perspective uh he calls Soji again, tells her, uh, give us a chance. We can make the right choice here. Uh, we can save each other, essentially. And so that's enough. Uh, Soji then uh, turns the thing off. The uh, hellworms go back to wherever they uh, came from. And... <laughs> Picard has one last exchange with Riker, where Riker's like, I know you got it from here and Picard's like, I've got it, don't worry. Okay, bye. And then the second he leaves, Picard's like, Ugh, i <laughs> like falls over. So clearly uh, he doesn't have it. Um Soji beams them down, uh and everybody cries because uh Jean Luke Picard passes away, uh in their arms. Um This
0: is where this is where I was like I was like, you need to move. I was like, there's too many people here, and I can't see Elnor's face. And, like, (laughs) I was so mad when he didn't – obviously, he's back now, so it's, like, fine or whatever. But I was so mad he didn't say anything to Elnor. I was like, nothing?
1: (laughs) And once again, it's like, oh, and Elnor. I – yeah, (laughs) so (laughs) – that's just, I don't know. You create a character. You think you have some storylines or some things you want to do with them, but it's not really happened with Elnor. Uh, we don't really, I mean, we kind of know what's going to happen, but we, I like the fact that they took some time with it. And we get a little montage, uh, a sunset montage, a fun conversation between Seven and Rios about their uh, their places in the universe. Um, a wordless scene between Elnor and Raffi, uh, which was kind of nice. Um, and then we see Picard again, and this is like the, um, it's like the Harry Potter thing where he's in the, uh, in the train station or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Picard sees Data, uh, and Data's like, oh, you're in a massively complex quantum simulation, uh, which contains essentially a digital version of me, a reconstruction from the memories, uh, that we took from before, who... B4 gets screwed in all of this, right? Like, I hope somebody... Now that the band's lifted, I hope somebody tries to put B4 back together and get him up on his feet. Uh, But anyway, um, and it's an afterlife of sorts. Um, This is... I think this is a good thing, even though it's a little um, contrived, but this is that... Like we said, the Harry Potter thing, this is that conversation with a character who is, you know, when you're in that liminal space between life and death. And they have um, a pretty good uh, exchange, uh, I think. It's... um, it's we get a you know a declaration of love between them. Um, you also get data saying, um, "Hey, uh, do me a favor, kill me. Could you could you kill me? Uh,
0: he, I have beef. I have I have grade A beef. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Some that real wagyu
1: situation. Yeah,
0: here. yeah. It's the good stuff. Um, like you're telling me that data's been sitting in there doing nothing but like like. What like thinking about Sherlock Holmes for however many years? Like he's just in there, and then the second Picard kicks the bucket, he's like, "Get back out there, bud!" And when you do, like, pull the USB drive out. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs>
1: put the him... max, the maxi USB drives. Yeah,
0: literally. I'm like, put him in the thing. What do you do? That's an old man. Where? Like, is it me? Plug oh, put, him. Put data something. in the golem. Yes, <laughs> like he's get, right there. Plug then, him into something.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, then then Pinocchio gets to be a semi-real, at least gooey boy. Uh, yeah. Oh my! I'm well, so much more angry now. You should have I said that. I thought that's
0: like that's <laughs> what was going to happen because he was like talking about oh life has more meaning when it's going to end because of like friendships and relationships, and I was like oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna plug it in, they're gonna download him <laughs> to he's gonna go hyperdrive. And
1: then you just yank it. I thought that's... I wish they'd done that. I think that's a really good idea. Um, I... Yeah, I'm frustrated. Um, What if we had known at any point in the previous nine hours that data existed in something like this? Do you know what I mean? Like, why...
0: Yeah.
1: Like I said, I, I, I like this scene. I think it was neat. But why save this to the end? What if we add this to the stakes? Like, what if you know that it's not just cuz you know we we we've got his daughters Picard's trying to honor his memory and save his legacy but what if he knows that like literally like data or what's left of him is at stake here because it we we do get you know okay so i like your your pinocchio thing i think data definitely deserved that but we do get the thing from him which is saying i've always wanted to be human and the most human thing you can do is die and so i i kind of want to do that too like i thought that that did make sense from a character perspective, and it's also good for Picard because this whole time he's been trying to let go of, you know, the memory of his friend, and now he has to let go of his entire friend. Like, I think all that works, but what if we knew about any of this before the last 10 minutes of this episode? And also, is this, they talk about dreams and stuff like that. Is this connected to the dreams that he was having before, or is that just part of his, we can't say Aramonic syndrome for some reason?
0: I think... I think it's different from the dreams, but the dreams make it confusing. Okay. But here, like, imagine if Picard's in there with Data, and Data's like, get right, walk into the light, bud. And Picard's like, Uno reverse card, and they download, like, they punch Data into some, (laughs) like, like, 22-year-old, like, fresh out of acting school... And the next season, instead of, like, Picard having had this, like, thing of, like, ne- like never f- being able to, like, let go of Data, all of a sudden it's Data that's in, like, a human body like he always wanted. And he has to deal with the raw emotions of letting Picard
1: Oh, teenage go. Data. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm sold. Uh, we got a lot of retconning to do. Get get shaven on the phone. Um but that doesn't happen. <laughs> Picard goes back, he wakes up, happy birthday, you're a robot now. Uh you can keep Picarding forever. Uh only not forever because even though this is like an ageless body, we've taken all the superpowers out and also you're gonna die pretty much on schedule anyway. Um which is just like I mean, if you're gonna do something, do it, right? It, 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 are they, Yeah, I'm
0: confused.
1: Are they doing a thing where it's, because Picard never hated the synths, but are they doing a thing that now that Picard is a synth, he's like the perfect person to be the, because look everybody, I'm still the Jean-Luc Picard who saved the galaxy a million times, oh, but I'm also a synth that. myself, and so I can help, you know, heal the thing between these two um, peoples, which we don't have time for because, you know, it's over. Um, is that what it is, or what?
0: I don't know honestly I'm a little surprised um I mean obviously it was very emotional and it 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 lots of things are going to happen because he was dead for 10 minutes but yeah. um I'm confused as to the point <laughs> Yeah um like what's the advantage like like cuz I was assuming um Oh, Patrick Stewart is like I'd love to come back, but let's let's it might be time to axe him. So let's do one season with Patrick Stewart as Picard like always and then reboot Same old Picard again um little t- just fresh out of acting school, just new, shiny. <laughs> um
1: I mean if he's a robot, I guess you could always just if you if Picard uh, or uh, Stuart wants to quit or, or he can't go on, then you just go, oh, well, you know he got hit by a something or other, and then we um, tune him up and we uh, we change his face, and you know it could be Picard still or not. They're kind of doctor whoing him a little bit because now that is he's he in a, like an ageless is he a robot? body, I don't, I, he's a th- synthetic, whatever that means. I don't know. Because the
0: thing with the with the golem, I thought was she was like, "Oh my god, you made something completely organic." Do, you know what I mean?
1: Right, but but I mean, yeah, but it's the whole Blade Runner thing. Like they're yeah, they're robots, but they're made of like organic tissue or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a real uncomfortable breakfast too when they, after they wake them up because it's like, yeah, okay, so Soji tried to kill everybody and hasn't apologized for that. Agnes is a literal murderer, and I stole <coughs> Alton's body. But any more croissants at all? Yeah, that's. Uh, an interesting it's, it, I I didn't see that as like the happy scene that they were trying to set up um, yeah it was
0: like the post-surgery prognosis when they're like we got it you're gonna be okay yeah right he's Yeah, like wow
1: <laughs> little bandage on his head uh, yeah. and then we get the uh, little scene at the end that to take this all the way Star Wars is the is the Ewok Village celebration um, Soji and or excuse me um, Rios and uh, Agnes are a are, are couple now I guess uh Seven and Raffi are a couple thank you
0: God, this is what uh this is why we've been going through the pandemic. This is what we were waiting for
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't and they're playing a little kelto too i I don't hate it. I just don't like many things on this show. It's just like totally unmotivated. like have they I even wish, had a conversation?
0: I wish that it it hadn't been preceded by the smooch. Oh yeah, because then you're then I'm just like you're just you're coupling them off already. Like let's see some like good old fashioned like weird high school tension on this tiny starship. Um,
1: <laughs> Eleanor's making out with the uh, hospitality hologram. Literally, oh my god, somebody, yeah. <laughs> and it just had a real feel of like, well, we've got a lot more mysteries to solve in this old galaxy. Uh, I know. A, I was
0: like, "Where are we? Where are you going?" <laughs> a
1: quick line. Yeah, I know, right? Like, we got a quick line about the ban being lifted. Uh, so I guess that was taken care of, and we get an engage, and we're it. That's that's it. That's out. That's Picard season one. I feel like, especially in this episode, but probably also in a lot of previous episodes, all the complications that are introduced are removed almost completely without consequence and really without any awareness of any significance on the part of of anything, <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. Like, we spend all this yeah. time, you know, not really doing anything, like with Rizzo, for instance. Then she's just diabolical for a while, uh, although fun to watch. Then we get, like, this sad backstory for her and you're like, huh, kind of, don't make me identify with the bad guy. Interesting. Huh. And then, like, no, she's just a just a freak, just a horrible person. And uh, our favorite character from Voyager just, you know, throws her like a sack of potatoes off a cliff. And that's the end of that. While she was targeting La Serena with the Borg cube weapons, you know, so you think that that, okay, here's a complication. Like they get hit with a Borg shot. Now what? No, it's just, she's just gone.
0: Yeah. There wasn't a huge payoff. No. So, like, I didn't, at the end of the episode, I wasn't like. And now making, I know who the Red Angel is. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was like.
1: Well, yeah. Making Picard a synth, it, there, that doesn't really have a payoff either, other than just, remember in the first episode, we said that there's something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, we don't ever get any indication that somebody you know like if he became a synth and went back to the federation council that would change things and it doesn't matter anyway because we just chased the romulans off and everybody is cool with synths again like picard is back in a different body but still an old body that's going to die soon nothing's different nothing's changed you know i i don't know it's just i'm i'm a little uh, i'm a little frustrated here here's the big question. that I, I, mm-hmm. There's two questions that I ask myself uh, when I see things. I always ask myself, if this wasn't Star Trek, would I like it? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I'm not like, you know, what if this was know, Battlestar Galactica or just random sci-fi show? And I don't think I would. Um, but I guess I haven't thought about it too much. And the other question I always ask myself is, do the people that make the, that are making this, do they think this is good? Sometimes you'll read interviews with, I don't know, Iris Stephen Bear or something about maybe a DS9 episode that wasn't that great. And you'll get him saying something like, yeah, we knew that one. We knew that wasn't going to be that good. Like, we had to save money because we had a big thing the next week, and we couldn't get the guest star we wanted, so we just had to kind of muddle through. Um, I don't think that's what's going on here. I think Michael Shabin thinks this is the best sci-fi TV that's ever been aired, and that is even more depressing. Uh, that, that makes it even worse.
0: I think that, I mean, I don't know what Michael Shaben thinks because, um, I,
1: <laughs> I, uh, the, the names, <laughs> the names Sutra <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, Sunday, Sunday funnies and, uh, all the, he just, I think it's just so self-satisfied.
0: It's, um, it's hard to understand the motives of, like the man at the top of the like totem pole on like a movie or like, do you know what I mean? Or like yeah. with James Cameron and Avatar. I'm like, where, <laughs> who? Um,
1: That's a uh, nitrogen I, narcosis, I think.
0: Yeah. He's <laughs> done
1: too, too many deep dives and he's like a blue cat movies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um But for, I mean, I think here's what I think. when you make something like this that it, like it's clearly like they're they're trying to carry a little weight here like it's the whole it's it's back to like the CBS dynamic where they're like make the money you know what i mean so i don't know what like what were they told to do versus like allowed to do and what were they told to cut and how much money did they have and were they like not allowed to make episodes longer, like who had like the creative control, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's too many factors where I'm like, I don't know what, I mean, maybe yeah. Michael Shaben is totally, but even if like, they're
1: following some corporate mandate, like what they get at the end of this is not, there are, there would have been, a, there would have been a lot of ways to get just a new Scooby gang on a new ship. Like we have at mm-hmm. the end of this show and, mm-hmm. and in better ways too. And as far as like tackling issues goes, I guess it's kind of like a racism, you know, measure. I mean, clearly it's a measure of a man type story, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it frustrates me. I think about something like um, the outcast, you know, which is about a lot of things, you know, it's about discrimination against somebody for their sexual orientation, um, for their gender or whatever. And yet it just happens on this one little weird side planet. Uh, One of our crew members is involved. It only really affects Riker. It, ends badly and sadly because the character doesn't get what they want. And, and yet we just kind of keep going, you know, and it's like these little vignettes or these little scenes of social, social tragedy or social triumph. I think one of the things about knowing Trek, you know, when you say that like this creator is a Trekkie or this creator knows what he's doing, it's not just knowing little, it's not just knowing like what, what a Kunut Calife is, you know, or how many times the Delta flyer is blown up. It's, it's it's what knowing what a trek story looks like and Mm -hmm. if trek has done that story before and why and what they got out of it and why would we do this again and what are we trying to get out of it or say and there's just a lot of picard speeches in this series about fear and hope and all this stuff and i don't know i mean I, i feel like they definitely want it to be there's parts of discovery that are just like oh this is just a cool thing we're just you know going to the mirror universe or whatever it doesn't really tell us a lot about our characters i don't think um but yeah it's very aspirational but i think picard is supposed to be aspirational but i don't feel good
0: um i it is it's it's also the it's the first season you know what i mean like i'm willing to kind of like i'm willing to give them a lot of leeway in that like, I feel like a lot of television series, like you need that first season to trip a little bit, like fumble, like a little, like be entertaining, oh, yeah. but like and it's kind of
1: characteristic for, for Trek to not. Yeah. excel in Yeah. So
0: season. I'm not like, I, you know, it's like, I enjoyed it. Like it was entertaining. Like what, like what have I been as taken with it as I was with disco? Like definitely not. Um, but, I'm hoping that, like, next season, we're able to do something that's, like, uh, how do I don't know how to, like, a little bit more solid. It's, like, it, parts of this season were so fast, and parts of it, like, weren't fast enough. (laughs) Um, and I, yeah, so I don't know if that would have been helped if they'd had more episodes or, um... What? But now that we, you know, it's like now we know these characters a little more. They've like been through it together. So, like, I think that they could really improve next season. I don't know. Even even being that this is a I don't know. I like I liked it. It's definitely not like my favorite. Like, am I gonna rewatch it like right away before like we get closer before. to the next oh season God. coming out? Like, probably not before.
1: <gasps> um. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know. Well, a couple more things. Um, Seriously, where's Narek? Come on. What happened?
0: When did he he left when they were blowing up the beacon?
1: I guess. I mean, they just they I think the last time we see him, they're just holding him down. And he's like, no, Mm -hmm. so you don't do this. (laughs) And then literally like, I don't think we see him again. So,
0: um, he's being sneaky. He's being sneaky
1: somewhere else. He's just poof. Puff of smoke. He had some.
0: He had some creepy to say to his sister. <laughs>
1: Um, this, well, let's talk about what we, (laughs) yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh, let's talk about what we think could happen in the second season. We are, of course, talented prognosticators. I said, Mm -hmm. I said that Picard was going to die and you guys (laughs) said I was crazy, but (laughs) I guess I was only half right. Uh, we are still, um, (laughs) the implications of the fact that we live in a galaxy that's haunted by cybernetic hellworms. Like this isn't over. Like this is, that's problematic. Um, yeah. What do we think is going to happen in the second season of Picard? What other uh, vital Picard episode will we have to uh, try to dig into? We're going to do a, a tapestry or a lessons. Ooh, maybe we'll finally get to do that. Uh, Mark and Gendel get to do his inner light sequel.
0: Um, the one where Q makes them be Robin Hood characters. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's it for sure. Uh, um, or oh, yeah, or like a Dixon Hill, like an extended <laughs> Dixon Hill situation. Oh, yeah, the, it, it'll be like Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for Dixon Hill. <laughs> Dixon Hill is like in his eighties now, but he's got one more thing he's gonna do,
0: and a son he never knew he had, and it's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus, um, right out of film school, twenty-two years old. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, obviously like it's it must have a lot to do with the Romulans, with that conflict, but I have no idea what um if I mean, you're really, right, the the worms must be coming back.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose I, I don't know. I mean, there, I guess there's all kinds of like existential nightmares in the Trek galaxy here and there. Um if mm-hmm. they really want to do Mass Effect, he needs to go back to Earth and punch that reporter lady. <laughs> Uh, if we're going to take, like let's say, the the implications uh, or the untied-up uh, threads of the season, I would say that I think they need to deal with the perceived um, malaise in the Federation and in Starfleet. Mm-hmm. I think we were getting the idea that things maybe aren't so great as, as we thought they were, and hopefully they will um, be looking to—I don't know how Picard's going to solve that, but um, at least address that. Um We'll um, do some Klingon stuff. We'll get Worf in there. Oh, that'd be fun. We're far enough away from Disco Season 1. Let's let's go back to the Klingons.
0: Break it out. Um, I don't... I mean, you know, it's funny because I feel like when Disco was airing every episode, I was like, I have no idea what they're going to do next episode. And I'm like, oh, I really don't know what's going to happen next season <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah i'm very i'm very surprised by how quickly the the space worms went past <laughs> like it was very like it was what it was like one two shots and then they're like oh no the it's closing and i was like but there's like a there's like a squid in there like what uh is the game plan yeah so you must be right about that because that's not right they
1: can't just who by the way yeah i thought that maybe like oh the portal would close you know on them and then they would be cut off and we'd see oh i'm glad yeah, those things didn't on. come I'll through like, that was it, bad like, yeah but as it's closing the, the worms of like oh no no we're not gonna okay we'll just pull it back <laughs> <laughs> kind of okay you can close it um it's like chill well i think that we have pegged the fact that uh i think we're surprised that there was a picard series in the first place and we definitely don't know what they want to do for a second season. Um, <laughs> that's something else. Like, I don't mean to be a real jerk, but for this, this is why you came back. Like we, in all the interviews, it's like, I didn't want to come back until we had the story. There was, like this, this is what you came back for. Okay.
0: They must, like, I would, I would give a lot to be able to see like the storyboards where they're like, not like for one episode but they're like the big like the game plan you know what i mean i'm like Mm -hmm. what is going on um Hmm. i think also like quarantine's kind (laughs) of hidden it's just like (laughs) question mark um i think quarantine's kind of hidden and then we sit down (laughs) and we watch (laughs) this we're like what's happening
1: they get to be outside wow
0: we're like oh my god it's
1: Sunny out there. It's warm. (laughs) Well, um, I think we are ready to close the book on Picard season Mm. one. Unless there's something else that you want to get off your chest.
0: Um, I don't think so. I had a good. They 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 keep keep, um. You know, I feel like we really we give them uh, a little bit of a, a hard time, but um, I really I. I think you're too big brained, but every episode there's at least one moment where I'm like, Oh my God. Like every episode I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm surprised every time. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: like good way. Like when, like when Riker came on screen, I was (laughs) like, Oh my God. (laughs) Like dad. Like, I was like, Oh my God, he's here. Um, So.
1: (laughs) And he brought pizza for uh, everybody. Yeah. I
0: know. I was like, Oh my God. Um, So it just like, what a, what a nice, what a nice thing to have. I don't know. I I liked it. They definitely they have a couple things to work on, which hopefully they'll get to do that next season. But yeah.
1: Well, I would tentatively agree with you, and hopefully we'll be meeting back sometime soon to talk about the second season of Picard. But that is it for our show this week and this season. Thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTpod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of Enterprising Individuals and Discovery come out when the show returns. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag hashtag discoverage, or email us at eistpod at gmail.com. Also, while you're on the internet, why not stop by your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed and give us a rating and a review because it really does help us out. If you want to help the show grow, you can stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash eistpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. And uh, one more thing, I'll make my last sort of plea here. I'd mentioned on a previous show that I was assembling... A campaign for the Star Trek Adventures RPG, and since we're all uh, quarantined now, and you have to be at home, uh, we're gonna be play by play by the internet. Uh, and use uh, Roll20 or something like that. And I've got a couple people who have signed on and we're getting ready to launch now that Picard is wrapping up. Uh, my Thursdays are free. So if you want in on this Star Trek Adventures RPG game, you can contact me, send me an email at eistpod at gmail.com. Uh, and before we go, on, I want to recommend, uh, as I mentioned before, backtracking another Star Trek show on our network. And I'd also recommend one of the newest shows on our network, Sailor Noob. It's a podcast where I and my co-host uh, Mika and Hanna talk about episodes of Sailor Moon uh, for the perspective of an expert and the perspective of somebody who doesn't know anything about Sailor Moon at all. And it's a fun look at a 90s anime classic. Uh, Discovery will return someday. We don't know when, because D- Discovery Season 3, uh, we did get a quick ad. Uh, did you get an ad at the beginning of your Picard of Michael mm-hmm. Burnham?
0: Yeah, with the flag, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no date, though, so we don't know. Coming soon when we'll be coming back, but we will of course uh, be back to cover that and Picard and lower decks and whatever else they've got. Coming up for us. Uh, In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EISD Pod to get notified when we're going. And you can also check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I'm joined by a special guest to discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with special guests. On our latest episode, I talk with Ken Tripp, who is one of the hosts of the Standard Orbit podcast, and he has also served in the Navy as a Senior Chief Petty Officer for 25 years. We talk about the depiction of the military and the Navy in Star Trek and how accurate Starfleet is. You can check that out at enterprisingindividuals.com Ella, we did it. Uh, we made it. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for joining me to talk about Picard. Remind people where they can find you online.
0: Um, We are at GenerationsGeek.com, GenerationsGeek on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: All right, people check out GenerationsGeek on Twitter then, and that's it for us. Thanks for listening. We're signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying live long and prosper.